Hello, welcome back to the Edge of the Box podcast, a podcast by whoscored.com. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, delighted to be joined again by Rachel Corsi, and I'm sure she's absolutely delighted to be asked to preview the Women's World Cup final. Of course, England have made it up against Spain on Sunday morning. Rachel, and we've wore the same outfit as well, which is great <laughs> for, for a podcast as well. How, how, coordinated. Yeah, Brilliant. how are you? I'm well, yeah, I'm well. We're we're back in pre-season, so it's um, it's been all go. A lot of a lot of good work done, yeah. hard work, but yeah. So you're enjoying training, enjoying pre-season, and been enjoying the Women's World Cup as well. What what have you made of the tournament overall? It's been amazing. It still comes in waves. Obviously, the fact that Scotland didn't didn't quite do enough to get there, but um, no, I, th- I think it's been incredible. And it, the biggest thing for me, and I've said this a few times, but I just feel this is maybe the first major tournament whereby almost the entire conversation is always about the quality of the games, the competitiveness of the games, individual moments are brilliant, teams doing better than a lot of people had expected, other teams you know, crashing out in group stages that have had a long history of doing well. And I think these are the things that a lot of us associate with major tournaments that probably we haven't seen as much of in in the women's game yeah. and I think all the conversation has just been about the drama of it and, that, and that's ultimately almost what we want because I, I think it's it's now a product that's so good and I think this World Cup's really lived up to that so it's, it's been fantastic. Yeah we won't talk about the absolute clown comments from Infantino today I have absolutely no idea what's running through his mind when he, when he opens his mouth and why he doesn't seem to have a PR team but never mind we will focus on the positives have you got like a like a favorite moment or a or a favorite goal so far There's been I think there was like there was about four or five goals in the group stage alone that I think could have could be given goal of the tournament I think um Panama scored a free kick against France that was from some distance out, I think that was that certainly is up there. I think the Caicedo goal yeah, against much. Germany is is a special one. Um, just to do that in, in this stage, um, fantastic individual story, just her story behind you know getting to this this World Cup. But um, yeah, those are sort of the moments that you know encapsulate some of these teams' huge successes and in why they progressed. So I'll go with I'll go with Caicedo because the skill, the trickery and also the, the stage doing it against a, a German side that are just have been so dominant for a long time and a lot of really good players in that team as well. That was that was a that was my favourite, I think. It was mine as well. That was the one I, I was going to choose. A, a, a lovely, lovely goal. Sam Kerr obviously scored a, a lovely goal a few days yeah. ago as well. Ultimately, didn't count for anything, but it was still an absolute rocket. Is England v Spain the final that you anticipated? It, it wasn't the one I predicted, but I think a, a lot of people's predictions probably were, haven't quite worked out as they maybe thought. Um, I think what it is, is probably two teams that, consistently now for the last few years have have shown domestically that they have you know maybe some of the top players to the two very strong leagues um maybe the depth of Spanish league hasn't for so long been as strong but they've always had that core few teams at the top end of the table and that's obviously going to expand as as the seasons come in as well but um I think you're looking at two teams there that have exceptional quality and um, it should be an, a very good game, but equally there, there's almost the possibility, I suppose, as well, that they, they could cancel each other out. Um, but hopefully that doesn't happen. But it is going to be certainly two teams that will be very closely matched. And um, I think it will come down to hopefully not mistakes, 
but um, individual moments of brilliance to probably break one another down. I feel like England have almost got more resilient and more resolute as it as it's gone. And I don't I actually don't think in many of the games they've played to their to their full potential. They've just got this solid defensive base that they've worked on all the, all the way through the tournament. Barely conceded a goal from um, from from open play. I think it's just one one or two that they, that they've conceded from open play. One of the goals they conceded was a penalty. So the lionesses have been so resolute throughout. Obviously, we always talk about in tournaments that it's not always the team that plays the best that wins. It's the one that is more of a team and the one that that is more has got that defensive structure and doesn't concede many goals. Do you think England have got to the final without playing particularly well, or is that harsh? I think there's an argument that they're to. To that they've possibly not quite reached their their full potential and their full capabilities, but um, I totally agree. I, th- I think, and I, I still remember, you know, Lucy Bronze. I'm sure tweeted after the first game. It's about getting the results, yeah, and we're yeah. we're quite happy, you know, quite happy to if we win one nil, then we win one nil. But that's a win, and I, you know, in tournament football, wins get you through. So um, it's valuable to have a team that's that's capable of doing that. I think they do have more, but equally, I think what what's, what England have shown is it's taken different players at different moments in different games to get them over the line, and I think that's equally as valuable to not rely on the same one or two players to produce that brilliant moment. It's having the, the capability from lots of different areas on the pitch to be able to find that, and I think because they've shown that, the team will have grown in confidence, that will galvanise the players, and that gives you just that little bit of extra confidence. So um, I, I think England will be feeling really, really good going into this and, and feeling very prepared and very comfortable with the surroundings and the pressure that comes with it. Yeah, Serena's very good at having the right players on the pitch at the, at the right time, isn't she? She seems to be an, an expert, and that was the same in, in the Euros, and it's been the same in, in this World Cup as well. Yeah, and I think a, a lot of people, me included, maybe thought that... Um, she preferred to be quite rigid and, you know, at the Euros, obviously we saw her pick pretty much the same 11 right the way through with very similar changes and kind of the one style of play. And I think this tournament's really shown that that's, that's not the only case. She, she has that ability to change system. She has enough quality across the group to try different things and put people in different positions, even if the system stays the same. And so, yeah, and I think just, I think just the confidence the players get from having her... As the head coach, they obviously trust that. They obviously feel that gives them an extra edge. And they, again, that's just another sort of, you know, weaponry in the in the in the toolbox, I suppose. But that you have to pull on all your advantages, especially in a final um, against a team that you know again is going to be very capable. Because Spain, as much as they are missing two or three players, that are also players that have been involved in, in getting them as far as they have and bringing them up the rankings and getting them to a team of this caliber. Um, they've, they're filled with players that have played in, in big games and big finals before so like I say it's, it's stage is set Yeah and one advantage for England is that Lauren Jones returns just in time for, for the final it was a bit of a, a lightning rod in, in some of the group games actually and then of course has been missing after, after ascending off do you think she comes straight back into the team or do you think she might be an option for, from a bench? It, it, look, it's, a, it's probably a 50-50 call, isn't it? Yep, though, though, there's probably arguments both both sides. I think Ella Toon was, was possibly what well, will feel a little bit um, hard done by because I think all players want to start. But Sheila she felt a bit disappointed that she maybe didn't feature consistently in, in all the games up to this point. I felt in the semi-final she was very good. She obviously got a goal, um, a great finish, another great goal. I, I think Serena will go with her. I just think there's an element of 
almost the almost the emotional place you come into a game like that and it when I think about being a player, you know, how would you go into a game coming from a semi-final to a final as a player who started semi-final and mm. scored and has that confidence compared to a player who got sent off two, three games ago and now maybe feels a little bit of a different pressure. You know, I just think the mentality and the mindset going into that game is slightly different if you're one or the other. And I think that probably means that I would think we might see Toon start again. But if she goes with Lon James, you know, in the, the two games we did see her, you know, in those the second and third group games, she was absolutely fantastic. Um, and she's capable of that. But equally, I, I think you'll get the same as that if she comes off the bench. So maybe maybe she becomes somebody who is used for an impact once, you know, we're at 50, 60 minutes played. Yeah, I think with the story of, of the last game, the eleven that they had on on the pitch, I feel like it's the right thing to do to to continue with that team because football's all about all about moments, and they survived those hairy moments together and and got the got the win ultimately together. So I, I kind of feel like it, it does need to be that same eleven, and it's a look, it's a, a hell of an option to have, to have from the bench. Any any team in the world would would want to have Lauren James to turn to after 50, 60 minutes, like like you said. So it's a it's it's a selection dilemma, but it's a nice one as most selection dilemmas are. Is, is there any key key battles that you think to watch out for in, in this final? I think, again, the mid the midfield will be will be key. I actually felt um, in the Euros, in that midfield area, even though England in the end got found a way to get the result, which they're very good at, I felt for you know a good portion of the first 70 minutes in that game, Spain dominated. I felt Bonmati and Caldente between the two of them controlled that area of the pitch um, so I think that'll be a challenge again I, whether we see Caldente or not and I don't feel she's been at her best we obviously expect Pateas to be in there and again she you know a little bit frustrated in the semi-final so there, there's probably a few question marks but centrally that'll be a, a key part of the pitch as always you know Kira Walsh will be in there and Spain will have to limit her but equally I, th- I think the way Spain play they look to try and dominate possession so there'll be a big shift from the England players to have to try and manage that. And when they do win the ball back, be very smart in how they sort of keep possession initially, connect those first few passes to allow themselves to to create their own opportunities. I personally think Hermoso, who probably was a player that's a slightly older player for Spain, who who maybe hasn't been one of the stars, not been a name that too many people have probably spoke about. I, I feel she's been one of their real, real big-time players this tournament. I think she stepped up her, her contributions. Not... She hasn't always been directly getting the assists, but she's almost always involved in a lot of the goals they score. She's always kind of in and around it. And um, I think she's had a big tournament. So again, another player for me that I think England will have, you know, their work out with to deal with. She sometimes plays the nine, sometimes in the 10, but um, she's difficult, difficult to pick up and, and very intelligent. So again, I, I'm intrigued to see how, how England try and stop that and whether they prefer to be a four or a, or a three, which obviously they've chosen a lot of this tournament. So I've kind of not really given you a battle there. I've kind of well, just talked through this. No, no, I enjoyed, enjoyed <laughs> it. Really, <laughs> took a little diversion. But. I do. We, we, I mean, I'm going to throw you under the bus here. Who scored have picked out Abelera against Kira Walsh as the, as the battle, yeah. but you're, you're not having that, are you? Well, I, I don't know how naturally they'll end up necessarily battling out in a 1v1 sense but I do think there is a an element of you know they're in around that central midfield area where you know ultimately control in that part of the pitch will dictate a lot of the tempo of the game and and, and so in some ways yes I, I do agree but 
I also think you know, the style of Spain's play that they don't really rely on one v ones. It's more the combination, the coordination, the understanding of the movement, and you know how they move off each other, and and just the awareness of the space. And it because of how they play, it's very difficult to kind of pick just one one v ones. You know, they're not going to try and get the ball wide like England might try and do, and, and you know have Lauren Hemp go one v one against against somebody, that type of thing. I think we'll see less of that. And I think it'll be more of teams trying to dictate play to then hopefully then create opportunities for themselves. Who scored have actually covered the tournament the, the whole way through. They've got Abelera as the player of the tournament with an average rating of, of 8.24 through, throughout the whole thing. And England's top player, maybe a little bit of a, of a surprise, is, is Alex Greenwood. But actually, and you're, you're a defender, so you, you know, I'm sure you're, you're loving watching her. But back union. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's a pretty decent chance she could actually win player of the tournament, which not many people would have called beforehand. No, you're absolutely right. I think, well, I agree. It's a position that at times is, is overlooked. <laughs> But no, I think again, it probably comes down to England have have been that collective group, and I think Alex is someone who, who's played all the minutes. She's fantastic on the ball. She's very composed. England obviously have, have dominated playing a lot of the games, and um, are certainly large spells. Not quite them all, but you know they've had long, large spells where they've been the team in control, and she is someone who's key to that. And you know, I think to have a left-footed left-sided centre-back is really valuable. I think it opens up more to the pitch and, and by England having that, I think she's a huge resource and I think she's somebody who's, who's really stepped up. You know, she hasn't always been in that position. She's obviously spent some time in her younger years at, at left-back. I think she's really taken on the role at centre-back and, um, you know, become a fantastic player and I would totally agree that I think she's been one of those players that's been almost flawless throughout the tournament and that's that's really difficult and sometimes as centre-back again when you have those types of games you're not always the most noticed again centre-back's union so I can appreciate it but yeah I think she's had a really good tournament and certainly been somebody who you be very difficult to, to fault there's a lot of a lot of Dutch players actually in, in, in this top 10 Alec Greenwood is the only England player that, that that's made the top 10 which may be Perhaps again, as you said, to show that they're not relying as much on on individuals. They that they are that team, but yeah, yeah, she's had a she's had an excellent tournament. Little look now into the future, perhaps with Rachel Corsi, the manager. You've picked your eleven from the tournament, Rachel, and who scored have got one as well. So if you talk about your eleven, we'll try and marry up the two and compare. I've gone for Van Domselaar and goals, which same. Um, yeah, I think there's there's been a lot of praise for the goalkeepers this tournament. A lot of goalkeepers have stepped up. I think um, actually, really, I thought the Nigerian goalkeeper Nandosi was another standout. I think she was she was brilliant for them and, and key to some of you know the progress they made, but also some of the results they got. I thought she was exceptional, and she's a young player too, so she's certainly got a few more World Cups in her to come as well, hopefully. And then I've actually gone a three at the back. Yep, Simon who scored. Okay, yeah, um, good. I think I went with Illustep because I think Sweden, I think defensively were great, but yep. at one point she might have been in there for top goal scorer. <laughs> Just to put every every Swedish set piece she was in and around it. But um yeah, I thought she was she's had a good tournament. Um I've actually picked Claire Hunt, um, who's Australian centre back. And maybe again a little bit of bias there. I actually played with Claire when I, I played in Australia a few years ago and she, Few few years ago, she had a tough run with with injuries, and it was maybe a question mark over if she would continue to play. So she's been quite a recent inclusion in the Australian team, and I just felt, g- given that, and you know, I, I feel Australia progressed 
you know, to get to the semi-finals for me. I know they wanted to go all the way, but I still think to get to the semi-finals is a huge achievement for them. Um, and so I felt she was a, a solid contributor, started every game in that centre-back role. Um, and then I've picked Greenwood as well. Throughout the back three of the same in your team and, and, and who scored. So that's that's good. What about, right? what about the rest? I mean, to be honest, some of the who scored teams that we do on our podcast, I very rarely agree with the teams they, <laughs> they come out with. So if yours is completely different, it honestly does not matter at, at all. What what else have you got? I think the, so. I've gone f- five across the midfield. I've gone, if you go sort of left to right, I guess. Um, Karshwe, who, who played a bit more left back, but she's quite advanced for France. Hasegawa is kind of more of a holding midfielder with a Spanish duo of Bon Matti and Hermoso in front and then Rasso playing off the right. I think, um, for me, you know, when you look at players that have really stepped up this tournament, I just think all those five have been, have had very, very good tournaments. They've contributed enormously to how well the team's done. Not not just in goals, a lot of those players have contributed in goals, but I, I think they've, for me, I've really enjoyed seeing them play. So that's, that's where I've gone with the midfield. How am I looking? One, what one is <laughs> the only one in the midfield. But as I've said, it, it doesn't matter at all. We're more likely to go with your team, and people are more likely to agree with your team as well. Yeah. Have you have you have you got a front two? I do, and I'm going with Hermoso playing as that false nine because I don't really have a, a, a central striker here. But um, Miyazawa and Caicedo, um, again, I think really dangerous, really exciting to watch. Just any time they get on the ball, I think. Miyazawa getting in behind was um, some of the goals she scored. It was largely team goals. She was sort of the one that finished them off. But just the timing of the movement and just the understanding of the game, I, I felt both of them were, were exceptional. And th- there was a few that I felt were, were in the mix too. I think Diane for France. Um, yep. She's in the house goal too. Yeah, she, she bagged a few goals, as you would expect. Really dangerous player. And I, I really enjoyed Ramirez for Colombia. I thought she, she looked a fantastic player. I, I think she, she didn't get on the score sheet as much as she would have liked, I'm sure. And um, I think when you look at Colombia's route and the teams they had to play, I thought she, she really you know stood out as somebody that she could take the ball in, hold it up, link play. She was willing. She made runs, made things happen. So um, they didn't quite make it, but they were... There were players that I thoroughly enjoyed watching this tournament. It's quite Dutch heavy, the the, the who scored team. Who scored have enjoyed enjoyed watching the Netherlands through through this tournament. It, it appears they, they seem to be <laughs> at the centre of everything. Tournament. Yeah, <laughs> they do seem to be at the centre of everything. Who scored have uh, have got here. Just to finish, then, Rachel, it's been a pleasure to talk to you again. Prediction: What what do you think is going to happen in this final? I think we're going to have extra time. I think it'll be a draw after ninety, and then it, it might just be about the, the magic moments and the subs off the bench. So um, I think it'll go to extra time. I think England might win it um, before we get to penalties, which I'm sure that England fans will be hoping they do. Nobody wants to see penalties. Absolute, <laughs> absolute nightmare any day of the week, penalties, let alone in a, in a, in a World Cup final. And just, just, just to finish, actually, this would be a nice note to finish on. What, how much of an achievement is this for England get getting to this, to this final? And obviously, if they're going to win it, it's going to be absolute bedlam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's absolutely incredible. I think it's 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 incredible in its own right. I think it's incredible off the back of winning the Euros. Um, I, I just think you can't understate how huge an achievement it's been. I think for anyone, and you know, they, there's been a little bit of a joke about obviously being Scottish and and having you know being in England, and there's been a good a good few jokes at, at training. But that aside, I think just even knowing Rachel and Jordan are yeah. out there. Say Hannah, who was with us last se- last season, I think just knowing players that are you know now spending the next 
24, 40 hours preparing for a World Cup final is absolutely phenomenal. Like that's that's an incredible achievement and um, it deserves a recognition. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and yeah, hopefully you enjoy watching the game on Sunday morning. I'm sure, I'm sure you will, especially with your, your teammates in, involved as well. Thanks ever so much for, for coming on the pod. And if I don't speak to you again, then good luck for the, for the new season. Obviously, I'm buzzing for you to, to do well for, for Aston Villa women in the new season as well. So yeah, good luck. Cheers. Thanks so much. 